Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Thursday morning, March 23rd, 2023. We are at 33 degrees in the capital city to start off your day. Uh, heading up another oh, 10, 12 degrees to get you into the mid 40s today. Get used to the 40s. A lot of them in the uh, a lot of them in the forecast. Unbelievably, but here we are. Uh, coming up on the show today, it is the season finale of Generation Collaboration. We uh, are giving everyone one final chance to get some bragging rights for their generation and. Pick up some concert tickets on the way. Uh, I believe we still have tickets to see Chicago at Pinewood Bowl. Uh, do we still? All right, let's see what the stack of tickets is. We've got here. a we got a lot of lot of tickets for you to choose from today in the game. So we have got Journey and Toto. Journey and Toto. That's Saturday, I think. Yeah. And we've got Chicago. Okay. That's May twelfth. Okay. Also, ZZ Top at Orpheum, April 12th. Okay, so your choice, whatever your flavor of classic rock is, uh, you can pick the one that you go to here, uh, as long as they remain, if you win a game of Generation Collaboration, and uh, it'll take a miracle now for Gen X and the Boomers to come out of this today, and I'm talking like lots of consecutive wins, but I'm not saying it's impossible. We will see. Uh, do you, I mean, you got to get a lot of wins and at least hand me a couple losses. Uh, is the way I believe that would work. It would have to happen. Okay. We'll see. Wh- whatever it is, it's possible. That's all I want to say is that it's definitely possible. So we have that uh, coming up at 710. Listen for the cue to call. 735, we'll count down the five things you're talking about today with the morning drive. Eight o'clock hour. Uh, we will have the Grow Lincoln team. Apparently, I see we got uh, some new fried chicken coming to Lincoln. Ooh, baby. Uh, among the things that Robin and Dave have to share with us today, new restaurants, retail, businesses coming to the capital city. So listen for that at 810 this morning. Uh, and then at 835, we will have Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, join us on the eve of Nebraska baseball getting going with the Big Ten season tomorrow night and welcoming in some uh, some old faces, some old familiar faces into Haymarket Park to be honored. Darren Erstad, Alex Gordon, and Shane Comine will be, uh, will be there. And I saw that there are some pictures, too. They're unveiling some new uh, sort of artwork on the walls of Haymarket Park celebrating the College World Series appearances. Yeah. By Nebraska, so should be a fun night. Uh, it's actually what turns out after all this. It actually is probably the best weather day that you're going to have for a, almost a week, <laughs> which is tomorrow, which is only a high of 52. But you know that's what we get in this never-ending crappy March 2023. When I looked yesterday, there were not a lot of tickets left to this. Yeah, I looked about them like three weeks ago when we were in here and that was the case too so should be a good crowd tomorrow night and yeah if you're looking to get there uh, you know it's not going to be unbearably cold if you dress correctly but you can get there we can also listen to greg right here on klin and i guess you know i i guess mark i sh- i should again uh, temper my complaints about the weather because i see that there are 
some places in the state right now who that have winter weather advisories, that have school closings, that yep. have uh, all of those sorts of uh, things going on with snow happening. And uh, we are not going to be getting any of that. Should be dry throughout the most of the day today, and uh, not even that windy. We so have a little uh, with some sunshine. Little mist early this morning here. Did we? Okay. Yeah. And right. the wipers a few times coming in. All right. Uh, nothing serious, but at 33 degrees it could be either. Yes, that's uh that that's definitely true. And and I feel bad and there is actually a slight chance of rain tomorrow uh but it looks like uh that is generally going to be in the overnight hours Friday night into into Saturday. So that's what we got. I keep hoping. I, I really do keep hoping. I'm going to look at that. I, I'm wearing out my weather app on my phone, just hoping that somewhere at the end of that extended forecast, I'm going to see 64, 73, 68, anything in that range. And I'm still continuing to see as far out as it goes. I mean, Friday the 31st right now, it says the high is going to be 40 degrees. 40 degrees a week from Friday. Uh, Tuesday, the 28th, next Tuesday, 39 is what it says for a high temperature. Did you right see now. what the uh, uh, next Friday, the 31st, uh, what it says under a high of yeah, 40? Yeah, light rain and snow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, the. Uh, the complete inability for our, for this uh, weather pattern to switch into, you know, a little bit of spring warmth has been really remarkable in, in the length that it's taking. So, nonetheless, but we keep going. At some point, it'll happen probably in the month of April. And we keep fighting, saying, okay, another two weeks, another two weeks, another two weeks. And uh, we'll be there at some point. And we'll forget this ever happened. Yeah, we will. Uh, another day on the uh, legislative floor debate on uh, the bill that would restrict gender-affirming care for minors, a.k.a. the Let Them Grow bill. I had a chance to watch a little bit of that again yesterday, and so it sounds like, Mark, that will get to a vote today in front of the legislature, and so we'll either be uh, be done with it or it'll move on in the debate queue. Um, yeah, a little busier schedule on uh, for the uh, unicameral because they're up against the uh, eight-hour limit of debate. So yes, yeah. So we've got that, and then I guess the other the other thing that uh, and you you covered this in your newscast. The other bill that is uh, coming up right now and getting some conversation uh, are bills that are involving election security. Three bills: LB four fifty-seven, LB one ninety-three, LB eight hundred eight. Um, among the things that they would do, require all voting machine parts to be manufactured in the United States, implement video recording devices in all voting locations, and giving the counties the option to recount future legislative races via hand instead of machine counting, which came up in a uh, in a recent uh, Lincoln area Nebraska legislative race. So uh, that would give counties the option to do that. So. We will uh, we will see what happens with that. That seems to be an argument of is there a problem or not that needs to be fixed, uh, and do these things make more problems possible, or do they actually help the situation? And that'll be the crux, I think, of of that argument on the floor of the legislature. So that's what we've got going on today on the legislative floor. Mark, uh, what do we have beyond that? You may recall earlier this week we told told you about the uh, man that was arrested in relation to a child abuse uh, Mm -hmm. death 
Well, the mother has now been arrested as well and charged with the same thing. So uh, LPD announced that yesterday. So Yeah, this is a tough one to read about. Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, the, the, there the, was, uh, the baby was brought into the hospital with pretty clear, according to doctors at least, pretty clear evidence of child abuse and physical child abuse and was in pretty bad condition. Point they had to uh, send the baby up to Children's, I think, to get yeah. specialized care, and ended up passing away. And I did uh, read a couple of uh, articles earlier. Uh, the The family did donate organs, so that's uh, one mm-hmm. positive out of this. But now the uh, boyfriend of the mother and the mother himself or herself have been arrested in that case. Yeah. So that's a tough one. Yeah, it really is. Reading about it was very disturbing. All right, so uh, so we do have that going on. Uh, anything else you want to hit well, on there, Mark? They're just uh, groundbreaking of a new technology center at SCC yesterday. We'll have I saw a, that a little bit about that. Uh, and uh, Senator Ricketts sharing some concern about the uh, uh, fentanyl crisis and the number of deaths that uh, keep uh, climbing because of the southern border being porous to it, evidently. So we'll have right. that in the 630 newscast as well. All right. Um I'm glad to see that the NCAA tournament comes back tonight. Uh, I felt like uh, after it's been such a a good last several days of sports on TV, mm-hmm. I felt a little empty last night with not much on. So NCAA tournament yeah. comes back tonight. Uh, women's basketball gets going tonight, tonight again in the WNIT at Kansas. Uh, so that is a uh, 6.30 tip-off. You can hear that on our sister station, B1073. And here. And here. And here, just wanted to make sure. Tell you what, last night though, it was nice to. Uh, I pulled up the uh, the softball home opener. Okay, three run homer, bottom of the sixth. Nice walk off against which or uh, not a walk off, but a win against Wichita State. Then Iowa State, Iowa State, same thing. Yeah, close enough. Thanks for the live fact check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you get the Sweet Sixteen going for men's basketball today, and tomorrow you figure out. Who who are the smart guys? Yeah, Creighton or Princeton? Yeah, who? Yeah, that'll be something. <laughs> that that will definitely be something. But I'm I'm glad we're gonna have those games on once again. So yeah, that's what we got going on this morning. Oh, Caleb, anything else going on with, with you? And and I know Nebraska had its its pro day yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so I've uh, seen on my on my Twitter feed about 20 videos of Garrett Nelson running around with his shirt off all over yeah, the Nebraska just, football. Just you know, looking like Hercules. Yeah, making us all feel bad about whatever workout regimen like, we may have left. Well, I felt okay. Jeez. Then I saw the 30 videos. Holy cow. <laughs> that, that guy's been putting in some work. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like there was anything really blowing people away. There was, there was a good broad jump yesterday, so some some good verticals, but but overall, like you needed, you needed it yesterday, especially for a guy like Garrett Nelson, who seems like he can be in that five, six, seventh round for sure. But he didn't get an invite to the combine, right? So the pro day becomes really important for a guy like that. Yeah, I feel like he's, I feel like he's going to have a future. We'll see. Boy, I wish he was uh, taking one more year to be on the team, but he made the uh, the choice. But it, I mean, it should be noted, it's not because of any. Animus, it doesn't sound like because of the coaching change, because he talked yesterday like super glowingly no, they, about Matt Rule and the new staff. Yeah, they were hamming it up. Yeah, like uh, talking the whole time. And I mean, you if you didn't know any better, you would have thought he was a player that Rule had coached the mm-hmm. entire time. I thought that was kind of the most interesting thing about the whole deal was 
sort of the videos of the side conversations and and everything that was going on. You had Matt Rule and and Garrett Nelson, uh, who Garrett Nelson never played for him, mm-hmm. uh, but they've kind of walked together. Garrett was very effusive about the staff, how the staff has helped him out right. when they haven't needed to, and helped him out with just making the decision about whether to go or to stay. You had Cam Jurgens and Austin Allen who were there. Uh, Bill Bush was there. Bill Bush was there, seeing his old you know coach that was dismissed from the last staff was there talking to and and supporting his old teammates um i saw a video of anthony grant suspended but anthony but, grant, but they're supporting but, is but uh runs into donovan royal on the sideline gives him a hug and and they talk a little bit i don't know there's just there's a real feeling of you, you know i think in the past when there have been coaching changes here there's been sort of a um you know this era was our guys, and this era was their guys. Yeah. This era was our style. This era was their style. Mm-hmm. And there was a little tension there. And that's happened a few times, I think, with coaching changes here at Nebraska for a variety of reasons. And it is completely the opposite this time around. Completely right. the opposite. It is There is no, to the extent there was ever uh, us against the world, that mentality where the current team is in uh, basically a shell in the entire outside world fans previous coaching staffs players you know old administrators all of those things are sort of kept away at arm's length from the team this is nothing like that right And, and you know does that generate wins next year I don't know if it does or not but it's a boy it's sure more it 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 sure feels nicer yeah watching the entire thing well and it's I know it's the cliche of of feeling like a family type mm-hmm. of thing, you know, but seeing new coaching staff, obviously at the end of the day, they got to produce wins, but you've got new coaching staff there for players that they didn't coach, but they're obviously working with a little bit because they're in the same facilities, guys from the previous coaching staff, guys that are two years removed from the program coming back to support stuff. A guy that's currently not working out with the team, right? There to support guys, right. like everything around it. Is this what we thought we were going to have the feeling of past to present and future family of Husker football that we thought we were going to get back in at the start of the Frost era? Mm-hmm. That just kind of never really happened, yeah, other than right. just old, like all all the old guys coming back because oh, now this is our guy. Like you got that. But it, this is a different, like, family feeling around the entire program. Right now, still very much in the honeymoon stage, but yeah, is, is this yeah. a feeling that's going to produce something for the program, v- meaning success, going forward? Yeah. And, and and I don't know the answer to that, I, but if it does, I think it's going to be a lot more, in, even a lot more enjoyable mm-hmm. in in some ways because of that. It's It's just hard not... There hasn't been a game coach yet. Yes, you don't want to go too over the top on winning the off season, but man, it would be hard to describe what Matt Rule has done here. I think other than you know completely, completely winning the off season, and that could be bolstered here in the coming days because he's host. He and the uh, team is hosting basically the biggest recruiting weekend um, this program has seen in maybe ever. A bajillion dudes with a lot of stars, including the. Uh, the overall number one player in the nation. Oh, yeah, who's that? Who is uh, Dylan Rayola, who's coming up from Arizona. If you haven't been following this closely, yes, Nebraska has a shot at the top player in the nation who happens to be a quarterback and happens to be the son of a former Husker and happens to have an uncle on the coaching staff right now. And not only would the big thing 
if if they're able to get him to come, and I, I don't think we expect to have him announce a decision this weekend, although I guess nothing's out of the question. He does have more visits, visits scheduled, but if he comes, I, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic by saying it'd be, you know, I suppose in retrospect, Tommy Frazier might have been as big, but on the front end, this is as big of a recruiting get as you get, because not only do you get the number one overall quarterback, but there are people that just naturally come along with him. There's a reason that there are a lot of five stars that are here this weekend. Yeah, they're here. That's one of the things recruits do and have done over the last several years, but especially now. They're messaging each other, where are we going? Right. Yeah. So, big, big weekend. So, a little bit of nicer weather would help. I guess it's not too bad. Not too bad. 50s here with this whole thing. So, wear your red around town and be very nice if hey, you happen to run into a group of recruits. If Komane can tell them it's fine here. Yeah, there we go. You can do that. He's from Hawaii. <laughs> 625, we'll take a break. Uh, we got sports and a bunch of madness results. That's coming up next on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right. Before we get to the sound off with those uh, results that are in, victories by venue and Penelope's Lil Cafe advancing, we have our Savory 16 fully set for the moment. And so uh, just real quick, run down those matchups. Uh, let's let's say uh, who we think is the favorite, not uh, not who we want to win or who we are mm-hmm. personally voting for, who we think is the favorite in all of these. Uh, match uh, the, the two that are up today. First, Laszlo's Lead Belly. Got to give Laszlo's the 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 my prediction uh, is going to win that one. Uh, DeLeon's legendary Red Rooster. I think Rooster's the favorite. I, yeah, I think you got to look at Red Rooster as the favorite because DeLeon's De we still just don't know. They went through Taste of Louisiana and Dish. I don't know. They they haven't quite been tested yet, and I don't know. That's a hard one, but I would say Rooster is probably mm-hmm. the favorite based that. on the. Um, the support from Soresco. Uh All right, tomorrow's votes: Muchachos versus Cheesesteak Grill. Got to say the defending champ, Muchacho, yeah. or not? Uh, not defending, For, but former champ. champ, former champ. Yeah. Tina's Cafe, Nine South Char Grill. I think I'm going to say Tina's Cafe here as the favorite, but I don't feel super confident in that. I'll say Nine South. Nine South. Nine South, South the... beat Tina's in the first round last year. Okay. That's about a that feels like about a fifty fifty proposition as you can get yeah yeah uh, Isles versus Honest Abe's I have I I have Isles as my uh, prediction to win the whole thing I'm going to stick with that Honest Abe's is having a better run than they have in a while but haven't uh, haven't really gone on a run in this thing so I will still take Isles in that one uh, Isles has had a pretty good margin of victory I I, I think that's got to be your favorite there Cinderella story Berea boss getting into the savory sixteen up against Haya. Uh, a finalist last year. I think you got to say Haya is the is the favorite. They're here. the favorite, but I mean, when you've got an uh, upstart, you got a first timer in the bracket. You just never know. You never know where those votes are yep. really going to start to jump. Like when you started to see. Remember last year, Norm's got a couple of wins, and then everyone went, "Oh, yep. here's an interesting people story." People want to see. People uh, like to embrace the embrace the underdog. Uh, and then moving down, we get into the uh, southeast region. Uh, Norm's on 48th versus Ramos Busters. Got to pre- predict the defending champ mm-hmm. there. Um, and then the last one that we just set up today will be Venue versus Penelope's Little Cafe. 
Uh, I think I got I got Penelope's in that one. I got Penelope's. I got as Penelope's well. just on. So we'll see how many of our predictions. I don't know if those were all the higher seeds that we picked. Probably most of them were, with the exception of Legendary Red Rooster. Um, but we will see. Tina's uh, was uh, Tina's a three. Nine and, South is and a I six. Said nine South there. Yeah, uh, Isles is a one. Obviously, they're the uh, favorite there. Uh, Hoya would be the two. They're the favorite there. And Seed Norms is a one. Uh, and then uh, in that last one we just mentioned, Venue is a three, and Penelope's is a two. So, wow, that well, geez, you had chalk in the southeast. We got a oh, one, weird. two, three, and a four. Do you mean somebody seeded it well? So is, the, that, is that another way of saying that? So, would... so in the northwest, you go one versus four and three versus fifteen. Okay. So, other than the rooster upset, you had chalk in the southwest. You've got one versus twelve. Yep. Three versus seven. Okay. So a lot has happened there in the northeast region. One against five. Right. Berea boss the fourteen against the two. Okay. So there have been. You've got all of your one seeds still yeah. in it. And then and then the norms and no, one versus four. Yeah, and you said that one. Yeah. And that one's complete chalk. Yeah. So you've got all of your ones. You've got half Weird. of your twos. Ha. Huh. It's almost like someone knew what they were doing when they did this. Hey, we added a little bit of science to hey, your magic. Hey, NCAA tournament seeders, <laughs> do you have all four of your number ones left? Ooh, jeez. Hey, they didn't after the first round, let alone into the, the round of 16. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, let's jump into our sound off today. Uh, we're going to talk to the Capital Humane Society here in just a bit. Don't forget... Ticket Thursday and the final episode of this season of Generation Collaboration coming up at 710. Your final chance to represent for your generation and win some concert tickets. Your choice today between Journey and Toto coming up on Saturday night at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, we also have Chicago coming up this summer at Pinewood Bowl. And we've got the Omaha show that is ZZ Top, ZZ April 12th, Top. Orpheum Theater. April 12th. All right. Uh, Another day, another day without an arrest. Where, uh, where's this arrest that uh, we heard was going to be happening, or Trump said was going to be happening? I RSVP'd. It may, I, it may not be happening at all right now. Apparently, uh, anymore after, mm. uh, after apparently some sources are are uh, telling reporters that hey. There's a little bit of a divide on that grand jury right now. Sources familiar telling me that there is a, quote, major dissension within District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office about this case. Bragg's office suddenly canceled grand jury proceedings yesterday. Jurors were supposed to hear testimony from at least one more witness. Now, one source also says the DA is having, quote, trouble convincing the grand jury on potential charges due to the weakness of the case against former President Trump. Trump posting on Truth Social yesterday saying, quote, every article I read, every show I watch even the so-called haters say that President Trump did nothing wrong. There is no crime here. The crime would be if I get charged. All right. Well, uh, so we'll see if that ends up even happening now. I think there's some doubt that seems to be thrown into uh, into that whole equation. Meanwhile, you've still got this like quasi war of words for the 2024 GOP nomination, but one of them involved really isn't even in the the election hasn't mm-hmm. officially thrown his hat in the ring and that's Ron DeSantis. So he sits down for this big interview with Pierce Morgan uh for Fox. It has a lot of things that came out of it, but uh the the key thing, the biggest question is still 
you're running, right? You're, you're, you're going to, you, you, we all know you're running. Why won't you just uh, say it here at this point? Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida routinely polls in second place position in a GOP primary race for the presidency. Former President Donald Trump often leads that field. But DeSantis has yet to say if he's even running, not even during a Fox Nation interview with Piers Morgan. You could beat Biden? I think so. So you're running then? No, I didn't say that. I just said I think I could. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, if you look at Florida. Who would be harder to beat, Biden or Donald Trump? I don't know. DeSantis was once viewed as a protege of the former president. The latter has since made him a target of his political attacks. In Broward County, Florida, Eben Brown, Fox News. Why doesn't he just say it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's some strategy to go with that. They've got an official kickoff planned at some point, and going forward with it but i love that totally ignoring his answer like okay well since i know who would be harder it's harder to beat trump or biden good old pierce (laughs) yeah and and i man and and trump is holy cow i'm not on true social but people still get those posts out there he has amped up his uh his things he's saying about uh, so-called Ron de Sanctimonious, or whichever is the nickname. There was a, uh, a Save America email or something like that that went out, and they put in there, they said, Rob DeSantis. <laughs> uh, he posted some picture of DeSantis that was allegedly him uh, when he was uh, apparently doing teaching in Georgia. Uh, that was... Trump made the insinuation that something imp- inappropriate was oh, happening with with people uh, with with minors or something like that, and he said, "I, I mean, I don't know how." I mean, DeSantis has sort of taken this this lately. He's taken this sort of position where it's just like, you know, I don't have time for any of this. I don't have. I don't. I. Paying off porn stars is not in my wheelhouse. I wouldn't know anything about that. I've got to run a state. You know, he's kind of been like dismissive of all of those things. And I don't know how you do it strategically. I honestly don't. When when the attacks are going to come mm-hmm. harder and harder and, and Trump will 100% turn on you. And you, but you don't feel like you can 100% turn on him. Right. Because that can be costly. I I don't know. I mean, I guess you know. Credit to Trump, I suppose. the The way that he has defined the importance of loyalty and fealty throughout this whole time, which he has been that has been the biggest thing, mm-hmm. is specific loyalty to him. And when that's broken in any way, that immediately puts you on the bad side. No matter who you are, no matter what your policy position mm-hmm. is, once you break that. You're on the bad side, and that's kind of, I mean, we're already here. Goodness sakes, it's March 2023. We have almost a year. Uh, we do have a year yeah. for a lot of these. So what, I don't know, maybe I missed it, because DeSantis has been trying to, like, toe that line. Has he, has he necessarily, other than being the biggest potential rival in the primary, just by having a political career, has DeSantis necessarily done anything to break loyalty with Trump challenged him and eventually I mean either he has and he probably has or he's going to have to yeah say thing if he's his opponent that's the interesting thing like can he do an entire campaign where he just sort of acts like he's staying above the fray and 
you know, letting Trump be Trump. Like, can you really even do that? Is it? Wi- I suppose you can, but is it a winning campaign when Trump is doing just the opposite and just going in on him yeah. nonstop? Are there enough? How much does that damage you as a candidate? Are there enough voters? Is it a big enough population that would see that strategy and say that that's something that they like, or is it going to be more on the side? I of, don't think so. More on the side of well, he can't stand up for himself. How can he stand up for me? I don't think so. But if he goes in on him, I mean, then you get people emotionally defensive. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I think that's the better strategy. Is is to fight fire with fire in this whole thing. But you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to come to the conclusion, look, there are some some people who I'm never gonna have on my side in this party because they've they've got just un like undying loyalty mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. comes to that. So man, this is gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. Uh all right, what else do we have going on? Oh, they're bringing in the uh uh the TikTok CEO, we heard a little bit about this on the uh, before the show started from from Fox and uh, asking some difficult questions in Congress. TikTok CEO Xu Shu will testify on Capitol Hill today. He's expected to argue that the popular video-centric social network is not a threat to personal privacy or national security. Xu made his own TikTok video. Some politicians have started talking about banning TikTok. Now, this could take TikTok away from all 150 million of you. And that desired ban is due to TikTok's suspicious ties to China's Communist Party and the fear it can show children inappropriate, suggestive, and manipulative material. Eben Brown, Fox News. I, it is still, and, and Caleb and I talked about this last week, is that there are more and more platforms that are trying to established platforms that are trying to kind of give the same video short service that TikTok has, but they haven't, I mean, from, from what I can tell, just talking to people who are younger than me who use TikTok, it doesn't sound like Mm -hmm. they've taken a big bite out of it, but it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to make something that is very similar um, that could take the place of it or compete with it. But it's just difficult when everybody's in the habit of it. The algorithms are so addictive. You're already set Your up friends there. are already, you know, the people you know, there's already a common frame of reference. It's yeah. just going to something new is, is tough. That's the, that, again, that was the tough part when you had folks that were like, well, Twitter is just not the same experience with, with the changes that Elon is making. Mm-hmm. Or at times it's just like, well, we don't even know what's going to happen. Is, is this platform going to exist in a year or two years? Well, then where do you go? Well, some people go here, some people go there. It's like, but you are already established. And I think that's what TikTok has is they're already established with a user base that knows how it works, that have their content there, that have the content they want to follow on there. The algorithm shows them the content they want to find. These other places, that's going to be really hard to usurp that. Yeah. And and this has happened before. I mean, take TikTok out of the question and take that whole thing. This has happened before where... Uh, Facebook and Instagram have tried to do what Snapchat is doing, mm-hmm. and Facebook tried to do what Instagram was doing before Facebook acquired Instagram, and and Twitter's tried to do what Twitter had uh, stories for a while, yeah, or whatever like, they were. Yes, they've all yeah. Everybody tried to have Instagram stories mm-hmm. for a while. 
then everybody, I mean, they've all sort of late, they've seen something that works and then they try to late adopt it and it's never quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I still can't stand the, do people, I guess, I don't know, do people like and use the Facebook stories thing across the top when you use Facebook? I see people use I've never it, done one just... in my life and I see them all up there and I'm like, do people do this? But that was, because that was an Instagram thing. Yeah, I I am uninterested in the stories on Facebook. But it can be the exact same people posting the same thing, and it feels different on Instagram. Yeah, for whatever it's, reason. Or Sna- or I guess Snapchat was the one that was the originator. Was that an Instagram thing or a Snapchat? I thought thing? it was an Instagram okay. thing. All right, I don't know. I don't use Snapchat either. So, <laughs> anyhow, uh, let's get a couple more of these uh, in here. So this is fascinating. They had a strand of Beethoven's hair, and they decided to. Are they going to clone Beethoven? They they, they decide. Well, they're. I don't know if they're there yet, but they are uh, looking at the DNA to see what they can find out about it. Researchers pulling DNA from strands of Beethoven's hair, searching for clues about his deafness or severe stomach ailments. Nothing came up there, but they did find a genetic risk for liver disease, plus a liver-damaging hepatitis B infection in the last months of his life. This is all according to a study published in the journal Current Biology. This Sunday marks the 196th anniversary of Beethoven's death in Vienna. He was 56 years old when he died, and the composer said he wanted doctors to study his health problems even after death. John Saucier, Fox News. All right, well, I mean, no offense, Beethoven, but it's not that novel of a situation. Yeah. It's hepatitis, right? Or, you know, you got... You got genes that uh, make liver disease as you age more of a more of an issue. I mean, it's not we're not discovering like a new unique disease that that you had with this whole thing, but but we did what you wanted, I guess. So there you go. If he would have been alive a few hundred years later, he definitely would have been someone to pay for uh, pay to be like cryo- cryogenically frozen. frozen. Yeah. yeah, we can see what kind of amazing things were going on. A thousand on percent would have been that guy. You are a great composer, but your health problems weren't that completely. Unique. Anyway, clone him if you can. Yeah, that'd be good. Make some more meat. Let's get. Let's see what he puts out in twenty twenty three. What do you got? Uh all right, let's see. Do we have to, should we do one more? Or should we take the break? You can do one more. All right, we'll do. This is a crazy story. So in Bulgaria, uh, they have found as as I don't know if it was part of a crime ring or or an organized art heist or whatever. But Jackson Pollock was an abstract painter, um, a lot of work in the forties, and his paintings are very valuable. Apparently, they've located a painting that no one knew existed of his, what? an original. It's going to bring some dough to someone. Police investigating international art smugglers in Bulgaria found what they believe is a previously unknown painting by famed abstract painter Jackson Pollock. Bulgarian National Radio reports experts believe the painting is an original, uncatalogued piece from 1949 and that it may be worth up to $54 million. Pollock was a major figure in the abstract expressionist movement of the 1940s and 50s and was known for his technique of poor dripping and splashing paint onto large canvases. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Just been sitting there in Bulgaria. We should visit uh, Bulgaria more. We should. Uh, all right, at 656, we'll take a break. We're here from the Capital Humane Society next on KLIN. <laughs> 
It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, Matt Menchar from Capital Humane Society. Uh, kind enough to give us a few minutes here and tell us what's going on in the uh, Capital Humane Society right now. Good morning, Matt. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, I want to hear about the pets that we're featuring this week. So first off, we have Boone, and he's approximately two years old. He's a German Shepherd neutered male, black and tan in color, weighs about 70 pounds. He was surrendered to us. Previous owner just felt they didn't have the adequate time to care for him and give him the attention he needs, so they surrendered him to us. But he's a big boy, very handsome, might do best as your only companion, uh, canine companion. So uh, if you're interested, you can come out and meet him at the adoption center. All right, what else we got? And then we got Griffin and Casper. They are domestic short hair neutered males. Griffin is 10 years old. He's an orange tabby, and Casper is 9 years old, and he's a brown-black tabby. But they were surrendered to us. The previous owner's landlord wouldn't allow them to keep them, but they are very bonded, very attached, so they are what we call a perfect pair. And mm-hmm. that means that they need to be adopted together. So if you're looking for a pair of uh, older cats that are a little more mellow and, and not so kitten-like, they are looking for a home together. All right, very good. How can people make adoptions? So Pylock Pet Adoption Center out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7 each day, and then Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 5. All right, very good. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Let's get some adoptions. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. There you go, Matt. Matt Charles, Capital Humane Society. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Make sure the headlights are on. If you come across anything that gets in your way, call the traffic hotline 40- Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're going to play as fast as we can today so we can uh, make a comeback happen for either Mark or myself. Uh, here's what happens. I'm going to take you on the air. You tell me what generation you are. You'll partner up with Mark if you're a boomer, me if you're an ex, Caleb if you're a Y. You'll then get five questions that you can work together on, and then there'll be, if you get them all five right, you'll get a sixth one from a generation of your choice that's not your own. You get all six, you get to pick your tickets between Journey to Toto, ZZ Top, or Chicago. One quick uh, traffic update here real quick. we got a very serious injury accident. Northwest 6th in Cornusker. LFR has dispatched nine units to that. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, that's all we know at this time, but was reportedly one person trapped. All right, more on that soon, but uh, let's get to the games and let's see how many people we can get through this and get some concert tickets. Brad is first. Good morning, Brad. How are you doing? Good morning. Good. What? okay? Yeah, yeah, you're great. What, uh, what generation? You know, I'm on the Gen X end of the boomers. Okay, so we which you which one do you want to play? Boomer. As today? Let's go, Boomer. We'll go right. Boomer. You're playing with Boomer. All right, all right. Here you go. Here that means we go. That means uh, Mark or uh, you're asking. Yep, I'm asking. Sorry. Him. All right, here you go. This man became the 33rd president of the U.S. after the death of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Harry S. Truman. Yep. Yep. Truman. This hairstyle was made popular in the early 60s by Jackie Kennedy. Uh, oh, God. Did they, what was a uh, bouffant or something like that? Probably. I think they yeah. Yeah, the, I think it was called bouffant. Got it. Which 1960s icon was nicknamed the Lizard King? The what? The what? <laughs> Which 1960s icon was nicknamed the Lizard King? What? Even Jack is looking this up right now. Oh. Uh, 
Okay. Golly. I didn't know that. That would be one I would just it, it, icon, music icon, uh, actor. Just it just says icon. <laughs> icon. Oh, trying to get a Great. clue. I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't five years old, but I, I'll. Who was the singer from the Doors? I, they were big in that. It's the only one I can think of. <laughs> can you think of the name? I can't think of it. Got an answer? Uh, Jim uh, Jim Morrison. Didn't he sing with the doors? Yep. <laughs> Got it. Oh, wow. What TV anthology features stories of horror and macabre? Well, there's a couple of them. Could you repeat that? What TV anthology features stories of horror and macabre? Well, there was Alfred Hitchcock in the Twilight Zone. Those are the yeah. two. Probably the two. I'll let you have that one. Probably Hitchcock. They were looking for Night Gallery. Oh, sorry, Brad. Oh, my gosh. I would have guessed Alfred Hitchcock on that one, too. Again, that's one never, of the... never that's heard a, of Night Gallery. That's, that's a questionable question because their answer wasn't necessarily wrong. Uh, it's just not the one that they just were... Just that's the one that was on They there. were looking for. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take another shot at this. Good morning, Sean. What generation are you? Uh, John, actually. Sean. Sorry, John. Sorry. What uh, what generation are you? Gen X. Gen X. Good. All right, John. Let's go. He played lead roles, including Han Solo and Indiana Jones in several popular George Lucas films. Got that one, John? Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. You Spin Me Around Like a Record was a hit for which group? You spin me right round, baby, right round like a record, baby, round. Oh, my gosh. Right round, round, oh. round. This is oh. terrible. It's not Duran Duran, is it? No, it's uh, human, not Human League. Oh no! This is right in your wheelhouse. I know too. it is. It's a little early yeah. for my wheelhouse, but I mean, I obviously know the song. Uh, right round. I I want to say Duran Duran or Human League, but I don't think either of those are right. Um, I'll go. Eurythmics. I have no idea. It's not Eurythmics. No, let's not do that, because that's not Annie Lennox. Uh, Human League, I guess. Human League. No. God, that's terrible. I'm embarrassed. Dead or alive. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. I don't think I would have come up with that. I know the song very well, though. All right. We keep trying here. Starting to think a comeback isn't going to happen. Dawn joins us now. Good morning, Dawn. What's your generation? Good morning. I'm Generation X. All right. Let's go. Uh, in this movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character avenges his parents' death. Uh, is that um, so? Is that only, is it Terminator yeah. or Total Recall? It's. T- uh, I I'm not familiar with a lot of his movies, but Terminator is the only yeah. one that comes for me. Terminator. I am bad. movies I'm bad at, and I'm supposedly Conan good the at Barbarian. Oh, Conan the Barbarian! Oh, geez, I, people are yelling at their radio on that one. This is terrible. This is terrible. And then all I, I'm just mad at Caleb's baby questions. I just want to say that oh my right God. now. Okay, that's what I feel right now. Ryan, what generation? Uh, I'm thinking Gen X, but you know you're over two this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm I am due. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. All right, which rock singer has a band called the Blackhearts? Joan Jett. Is that your answer? Uh, yeah, that's yep. correct. Yep. Which, yep. Uh, which iconic country singer stars in The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? 
iconic country star. Dolly Parton. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know if it's her, but we can guess that. Yes, good job. All right. What stand-up comedian starred in the sitcom bearing her name from 1994 to 1998? Uh, that would be Ellen. Yep. What hip headwear did LL Cool J often sport? I mean, it was a I don't, it was a bucket hat. I don't know if it's got another name, but this, that's definitely right. So it's a it's a bucket hat. That's correct. Next, yeah. Next question. Pretty much. It's called a Kangol hat. Okay, that's correct. In 1981, this uh, domestic terrorist attempted to assassinate President Reagan. Oh, what was his name? Hinkley. Yes, Hinkley. He just had the. They just had his hearing, his parole hearings. All right. Yep. There you go. Should we go? Uh, should we go? Why or Boomer for our extra point? Uh, I want to go Boomer. All right, Boomer for the extra point. Ooh. In a 1973 nationally Uh-oh. televised tennis match. Oh yes, Billie Jean King beat what male tennis player in straight sets? What's his name? The Battle of the Sexes. Was it McElroy? No, 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 no. It wasn't McElroy. It was. Uh, uh, he was an old dude. Um. <laughs> what my mind is not working during this game. Oh. The Battle of the Sexes, Billie Jean King versus there was a movie made about it. Uh yeah. what's his name? He wore glasses. Uh little, little short guy. Yeah, short guy wore glasses. Oh Ugly. my gosh. People Five are, seconds. Ugly as sin. <laughs> the Battle of the Sexes, Billie Jean King versus uh Oh god. I guess we don't have it. I am so embarrassed. This has been terrible. Bobby Riggs. This, Bobby Riggs. This has been terrible. This whole season has been a bad memory. I want to. I want to flush it down. <sighs> well, time for me to lose again. Chris and Olatha. Hi, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing okay. Yeah, I know. Bet you knew that one. I did. I bet. All right. Uh, a better Mark, question than that one we got last week with the, the fashion thing. That was so one. dumb. Yeah. All that right, Mark, go ahead. An alien life form cultivates an appetite for cats in what sitcom? Alf. Alf. Yep. What are the first names of the duo Hall and Oates? Uh, John and Daryl, respectively. Yep. Yep. The craze around these plush bears gave rise to a TV show and several feature films. Uh, that would be Care Bears. Care, yeah, Care Bears. What actress stars as Samantha Baker in 16 Candles? Uh, Molly Ringwald. Following the story of a young boy and his stuffed tiger, this comic strip by Bill Watterson debuted Calvin in 19- and Hobbs. Calvin and Hobbs. All right. All right. There you go. Uh, why, are, why are Boomer? Chris, what do you feel? Oh, we got to go why because you've got yeah. this, Jack. Yeah, I'll get a why. <laughs> I, that last one, we would have won if you would have went why. So yeah. the millennial thing. Um, what social networking site guaranteed you would always have Tom as a friend? Uh, MySpace. Boom. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Twenty of these in the next minute. Let's go. <laughs> Chris, hang tight. We're gonna get your concert preference. I want to get another. I want to get. Oh god, that Paul's a boomer. He's gonna interrupt my flow here. Hi, that Paul. Sorry, I'm excited. Hi, let's go. I'm excited to hear you. Uh, let's all right. Go. Boomer, uh, question for uh, I have Caleb. the Boomer question. I'm never going to remember that. Get Chris and Olathe's, uh All which right. concert he wants. All right. All right, here you go, that Paul hey, and Mark. Chris. This Spud-themed oh, toy was okay. redesigned in 1975, doubling its size. Did you say Spud? Spud-themed toy. 
that's got to be Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. This actor plays a dock worker in 1954's On the Waterfront. Marlon Brando. A fan once shouted Judas at this performer for taking the stage with an electric guitar. What's his name? Uh, Bob uh, Dylan. Is that Dylan? Oh, I guess it is. Yes, it was me. Bill Gates and Paul. Allen. <laughs> Bill Gates and Paul Allen established what personal oh, computer God. manufacturing company? Microsoft. Jeez. There you go. With hits a- such as "Chain of Fools" and Ch- "Respect." Ch- oh, jeez. Which singer has become known as the Queen I'm of Lisa Soul? Franklin, the Queen of Soul. You don't want to talk about baby questions. Yeah, right. Jeez. I know. Okay. All right. Do you guys want a Gen X or Millennial? What do you think, Mark? Uh, we got to go with the extras or going to get the baby questions? I don't know about the baby questions. I, d- I don't know either. Yeah. That's the farthest away yeah. from us. All right. Picking it. A- 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 you go, said X? Going X? All right. X. Who became the first woman to join the United States Supreme Court? Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor. That Paul gets a law question to end it. Sad. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris took Chicago. Do we? Have, so are we gone on that one? Or yeah, we, Chicago's Chicago. gone. It's gone. Chris took it. There was oh, only yeah. one, apparently. So Go it's uh, so it's between. Uh, <laughs> sorry, so it's between ZZ Top and uh, Journey and Toto. Journey and Toto. <laughs> Don't get teased. Enjoy the show. Jeez. <laughs> Don't stop believing. I guess. Hold on, it's that feeling. (laughs) So, with that victory... uh Uh-oh. Lines are empty. We we probably could have done one more. You got a win there. I probably could have got two wins in a row to win this thing. Boomers and the X's are going to get up. Maybe we should end it now. Maybe that's the way we should end it. Both of us coming off wins. Absolutely. And Caleb getting no baby questions. No love at all. What are you doing? Are you doing math to figure out the winning percentages? Yeah. All right. I'm busy and out the line. There's a spreadsheet that could handle all that. Paul and Chris, we will text you, too. Hey, Mark, you got over 200. Good job. Hey. hey. Had okay. to work your way up there. 200. But you got it. What was, the, what was Mark's final record? 3 and 12. Okay. Well, <laughs> what was... Uh, we had the toughest questions. So. What was my final record? 4 and 14. Oh, God. <laughs> God. I'm embarrassed. I apologize to all of the exes. Three and three. Three and three. How many of them with Asterisk James? All of them? At least two. (laughs) Such a joke. Oh, no. Not only that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Chicken Chicken Rich also re-identified as a Y to to also. Wait a minute. So what do you mean, how many of those with Asterisk James? When you have Chris and Olathe call in... 12 times? Yeah, but we don't win every time. It's a little different. I mean, no offense to okay. Chris. Okay, so it would be different the number of times played if you were winning. He is one. The fraction of Chris Olathe to the total callers in a pie chart compared to Asterix James and the total callers of your generation look very different, and I know you know that. So it's only different because of your lack of success. No, it's different because in the pantheon of all the exes, Chris and Olathe still is just a small pie piece. Okay. My- when James, Asterix James is the entire pie for you. That's what I'm saying. And Chicken I mean- Rich. I mean, uh, uh, Mark's got that paw, too. Chicken Rich is dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) You abandoned my generation because we're not getting enough baby questions. (laughs) 
You, oh. you can you can never wear flannel again. It's my sentence. All right, we'll take a break. That is it for this season. They will come back late this summer again. That's four dubs. Thing. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to wash my palate of this game for a long time. It no. may be till 2024 no. till I bring this back. No, if we do this again. I'm picking the cards. That's I'm getting fine. a new set of cards. Okay. Maybe we change the questions because okay. maybe we write the questions for each other or something like that. I don't know. But there's obviously a systemic problem with how it works now. The Millennials just shouldn't win every time. There's a That shows you we got to stop the game until we figure out what the hell's going on with this thing. Well, they we got to shut it down. Shut it down until we a full audit they, on this they game. They only have a very until, short period of to refer to. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And only baby things happen during that time, apparently, as, as far as I can tell. That we all know, too. We just know everything. You know a little bit more of everything than me, but I know everything. Caleb, any, uh, anything you want to say? Let's- That's it. That's all I got. Here we go. You'll let Luda, Chris. We'll, we'll, let, we'll, let, we'll let Luda speak for me. Great. He's kind of a sore winner, isn't he? Nice. The worst. The worst. See you in 2024 generation collaboration. Take a break, sports, and a uh, bunch of madness results are next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your... All right, let's get things started. Count them down with... Number five. Second day of debate over uh, the Let Them Grow bill before the legislature uh, that would restrict gender-affirming care for minors. Uh, they'll continue uh, discussion debate this morning uh, after uh, the formalities of uh, calling the session to order at 9. Omaha State Senator Megan Anto described yesterday how Legislative Bill 574 would affect her and her 12-year-old son, who is trans. Uh, and, and she took part of the time she talked about uh, that they had they haven't used any of these services that are being debated but she seemed to indicate that part of the reason is that um, that they were denied by Medicaid coverage for, for right. these types of services so I guess that's another it's kind of a, a tertiary issue altogether on the general topic of this whole thing and holy cow that clip you just played in news yeah where she's going through the names of all the senators saying basically you know we're not good yeah we're not, I'm not doing anything for uh, you i'm not yeah she went and listed what four or five senators where she essentially called out and some you know whatever basically said whatever professional bond that they still had was was gone and it certainly takes this thing up you know Ratchets it up, which is kind of unbelievable, but up up to another level on this whole thing. But. Yeah, yeah, today should be an interesting, uh, as they conclude the debate, the eight hours, but then to see whether or not uh, Senator Tal's amendment that would uh, just limit it to just surgical uh, procedures. Yeah, but is that that's going forward? Will that will that go for will that go forward? Is that a possibility or not? You also played a clip from Senator Conrad that I thought was an interesting too, where she basically said everybody behind closed doors is saying that they hate this bill, but they don't have the courage to stand up and say that on the floor. I mean, if that's true, will that be reflected in the votes that we see potentially today? Yep. This will be the day to watch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we will have likely some level of closure. It'll either get moved on or we'll either be um, voted down or perhaps, again, as you mentioned, perhaps there will be an adjustment, a change to the bill, and we'll see what happens with... uh, with that going forward, but it's been 
you know, it'll end up being you know, two and a half days, maybe three days of some very contentious debate on this one. And I don't know if we've made, I don't know if we've made progress and and found some common ground on this as a legislature, as a state, or not after this whole thing is over. Well, it certainly, mean, certainly put the uh, heartbeat bill on on uh, ice for a while. And remember, they still got to do the budget. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. There's there, well because of. You know what's going on for the last three weeks? There's a lot. There's a lot that's still and they've is important. And both uh, this point. Senator Hunt and Senator Kavanaugh said filibusters back. And yeah, if passed. it passes, if it pass, I, I don't know. I still I get the sense though if it. I mean, I think you, just from cost sounding sort of unsure if she had the votes to what Senator Conrad said to what just hearing from what others have said that. As it stands right now, without it being amended, that it sort of seems like they don't people don't think it's got the votes yeah. to to go forward. And collegiality is gone. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Number four. Speaking of not passing, uh, Scott Frost's career uh, was not all that much of a record breaker, but he sold his Lincoln house back in November, and that was a record in Lincoln. What are you looking at? This is for three and a half million. Okay, I didn't expect... We must be looking at different morning drives today. But wow, okay, that's interesting. You know we are. <laughs> I, Where did this that's one... Inter- that is, <laughs> I, I have no idea. You must be looking at a totally different uh, different page than I am, but you started with the same one, and, and I wondered. I That makes a lot of sense now. A, a lot explains to me. There's an entirely different shadow morning drive you could be doing right now instead All right. of the one that well, you are doing. The vote, voting bills is what you had on. No, the, <laughs> I did, but I want to hear about Frost. Really? Frost sold his house. No kidding. Yes. Three and a half million. Really? No, the Ridge area. Wow, that didn't quite get up to uh, the, what was it, seven million spent down in Arizona? Right. Uh, no, I think it was 5.4. Five, okay. My goodness. All right. Okay. Somebody, uh, hopefully they paid cash because the interest rates on that mortgage, <laughs> yeesh. <laughs> Yikes! How did I get a different setup? That's a I don't don't know. We had a a secret sheet, but that was a good. That was an interesting one. All right, you can do other number four. uh, Well, that we did the transgender. Yeah, that's voting (laughs) voting bills. Just talk about whatever you want to talk about, Mark. (laughs) What's next? What What do you have in your mind? What will you be talking about today? Oh no, never mind. Uh, Voting uh, the after the constitutional amendment uh, passed for requiring voter ID. Now they're trying to get that all. Put together, and boy, there was some discussion yeah. on that, both pro and uh, and con on uh, what's being proposed: video surveillance, paper ballots, hand counting, so things like that. For, they had they took public input um, on this was the proposal, I believe, to require video surveillance of polling places. On this, there th- there are three bills that are up regarding this. Um, one of them would require voting machines to be manufactured, all parts of it to be manufactured in the United States to lessen the chance of foreign tampering. One would implement video recording, as we said, as well as giving counties the option to hand recount future legislative races instead of machine counting. And so those were among the, the uh, this was among the testimony yesterday to the committee. A couple of things about this. There are still, man, I, sorry to say this, but there are still some people out there who believe some really out there stuff about what happened with Nebraska elections recently. Like, whoa. I, I didn't know there were large amounts of people that, that felt that way. Which, by the way, Nebraska elections 
basically have all went incredibly well for Republicans. So now I'm really wondering yeah. what you're thinking actually happened. I think they were probably right. But nonetheless, there was some out there stuff. But there was also a moment. So Patrick Peterson got up there and uh, he is uh, the executive director of the Nebraska Freedom Coalition. So he calls uh, Secretary of State Bob Ebnan feckless. Steve White was reporting this from NTV. He was uh, there covering it. Called Bob Ebnan feckless and senators need to stop listening to him. And Senator Brewer goes back at him and he said he's pissing him off. Wow. (laughs) To a witness in this thing. And Brewer had enough of Peterson going off, apparently, on Ebnan. And he just finally, just finally had enough. And so, holy cow. There's drama everywhere in the legislature. Everywhere. Hearing rooms. At this point. On the George Norris uh, chamber. Yeah, it's all over. I do have, I honestly, this is one serious question. And that, that uh, this is where people are really pushing. Wasn't there a, a clip that we heard where somebody was saying, I want zero machines involved in the process. Yes. yes. No technology at all. No technology involved in the process. Like to me that sounds like the if you did that, that sounds like the best possible way to invite an agenda and a bias and someone imputing their will over the elector's will possible. I don't think any situation is complete, but if you're concerned about outside influence coming in and changing this thing, it seems to me the worst way you could do that is invite a bunch of humans who might have those things into the process of hand-counting these votes now when it's more likely. Or invite mistakes. I mean, can you use a calculator to tabulate the numbers from the ledger of the <laughs> different we, sheets? Or are we, we carrying the three? I mean, what are, we, what are we doing here? Like, Bring back the abacus. I just that that's one thing that I don't I don't totally understand about this why there is this ultimate trust for bringing people in with potential political agendas if they're worried about outside people or outside forces infiltrating the elections where is that most likely to come from people that you're pulling out to hand count these things and to impute their own judgment on these things why is that why is that less susceptible to outside influence than using a... I know they think that computers are made by companies that... And I suppose that's a possibility, too. But which seems more likely? Right? And the Secretary of State... And the reason that Peterson was going after the Secretary of State is because the Secretary of State has consistently said... And, I mean, they've got a big thing on their website basically debunking a bunch of myths... Oh, yeah. About and, and Bob Evnan was in the studio here a couple of months ago, and, and the audit that they did was like one ten thousandth of one percent of the ballot counts were even an issue. And that's because they if, had bent corners or something. If we can't agree on whether elections were... In, I mean, and I'm not even talking about the, the big things that are going on now in Georgia and the Dominion suit again and all of those things. I'm talking about that. If we can't agree, if we legitimately can't come to a point of agreement about whether Nebraska elections were fair and accurate or not, we just, there's no way we can 
reach across the aisle and agree on that and the people that were testifying versus the senators versus the secretary of state versus me and you having different opinions on this we're screwed i don't know how else to say it it's such an important foundation of this whole thing and we are all looking at the same facts and having completely different opinions on what whether our electoral system is sound and accurate and fair it's i mean it's a that that goes a dark place it really does so hopefully uh people can at least get to their senses where they're looking at the same data the same facts the same people and say okay we may disagree on who got elected but we can agree that these things either are or aren't fair we're not there right now and that that hearing really proved it Number two. According to a story from 1011 News, uh, Burke County's uh, city, Lyons, is overrun with stray cats. Uh, the Working Cat Project is in town. They estimate they got about 125 cats just roaming around. How'd they get there? They, That's they just, a good question. That's a, uh, that, that is a... They just migrated for the spring? That is a good question here for, for this whole thing. Um, but yeah, the story is... Is is fascinating, and and they got like these houses. They keep fifteen in there. They can't afford to neuter them all. All they can do is feed and take care of them. At this point, uh, they bring the nonprofit in to try and deal with this. At this point, they've got traps that are set up oh, to try and to try and get them to a vet so they can be spayed or neutered. I mean, I think they're multiplying. Is what's happening, Caleb? The way it sounds. I don't know if you know how this works, <laughs> but. When a man cat loves a woman cat, okay, okay, they, you know, have some adult cat time, and then little cats are the result somewhere down the road. Do the cats have to love each other, or do they just go to the cat bar? I prefer they do. Okay. I like I like to believe that they do. If if they, you believe in traditional cats. I believe in traditional cat relationships. Oh God. Sorry, sorry, Lion Chamber of Commerce, but I'm going to go ahead and cancel my trip there this summer. Hey, they're probably happy it's a bunch of stray cats and not a bunch of stray lions. By the way, the population there is uh, 811. Big cats. 811, so that's... Uh, 12%. That's, uh, that's one cat for every seven people, according to their numbers. And that's just the strays. I'm sure there's a few domestic cats, too. That's true. Yeah, that's true, too. It smells so bad. Good luck. I would suggest you don't let your kids play in the sandbox at the park. (laughs) Number one. Nasty. Cats are... I'm sorry. Guys, I grew up allergic to cats, so I may have an animus here, but I feel... I'm not the biggest cat fan. I'm sorry if that turns me off to some of you, but they made my life miserable growing up the entire time. Every friend I went to have a sleepover at, they had a cat. And I had to bring my inhaler, and my eyes were red, and I was wheezing. And Anyway, bad memories. Anyway, go ahead, Mark. New study examining the health effects of coffee consumption. Good news and bad news. Coffee has striking effects on physical activity, yeah. causing people to move, ta- uh, uh, taking on average 1,000 extra steps a day. And uh, the study also d- showed downsides. Uh, it showed that people lost about 36 minutes of nightly sleep. Oh. When they drink coffee. So what what wins out of that? You get a thousand extra steps or thirty six fewer minutes of sleep. 
Which is uh, which is more important with this whole thing? Do you need that thirty-six extra minutes if you've got a sleep number? <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. Oh, you're welcome. Not scheduled for the advertisement <laughs> right now, but and you're all. Oh, and by the way, I'm not doing this for me. Just asking a question. Thank to the you, people. Caleb. And let me no. <laughs> And by the way, I found out that the show sheet for next Thursday is almost complete already. Hey, all right. Plus, we'll be talking about news from this week. Can't wait to hear about Scott Frost. (laughs) I don't know. Mark, I can sit here and can't. How do you feel? How many glasses, cups of coffee do you think you drink when you're sitting around here in the morning? Uh, At the most, one. Oh, Uh, really? I have really cut back on coffee because I've kind of switched to iced tea. Uh, But back in the day, (laughs) you know, I'd drink one, two pots a day. Oh, jeez. I have about three of these mugs during the show. And I tell you what, that week you were gone was miserable. Not for him. For you. For me. Why? Because he God, didn't. Mark's not here. Nobody made coffee. <laughs> Stein Mountain Dew is only going to do so me, much. Hold on, that makes me sound like more of a diva than I am. I. I no, no, it doesn't. No, it makes. <laughs> let me just a moment to, for me to explain. I always make a mess when I make coffee here, and you that's frowned upon. You, po- you make a mess when you pour coffee. That me- yes, that's frowned upon by management. Wait and a so- minute, is that why Chris Lofgren constantly comes in here refilling your coffee? <laughs> yes. Stop it! Yes. Stop talking about the way that... So this- Mark makes the coffee, Chris, when he gets here, starts pouring your coffee. And you, at least once. I, I do go- like a hot towel with my coffee, too. It'd be nice if I could get that. <laughs> I'm not. This is painting an inaccurate picture of the inter office dynamics here at this place. I'd just like to say that, although everything you said is true. I didn't know that I was that important in the mornings. You are for many reasons, but that's a big one. Oh, there, there, uh, Arista Mark. There's Chris. All right, we gotta we gotta take a break. It's seven fifty five. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 31 degrees, cloudy skies in the capital city on KLIN. Thursday mornings, we talk to the Grow Lincoln team. They also have a show here at noon on Saturdays on KLIN where you can hear them there. Talk about what's going on in the economic development world in Lincoln. Bring on a whole lot of guests. And we have them on Thursdays. We uh, get news from them on what's happening with local businesses, restaurant, retail, and more opening, hopefully not closing, moving, and the like. And uh, Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers, join us right now. Robin, good morning. How are you doing today? Hi there. How are you guys? All right, Dave, welcome. And uh, yes, hi. I was just going to say welcome, gentlemen. And uh, I was showing jacked our our document here oh, that we have and I wanted see. you to know that I, i'm going to let you start off with robin that's great i will uh, i will plan on starting out with robin because she may have the expertise on this one southeast walmart area walmart area south of highway 2 a question what is being built out there exactly at 84th and amber hill road well, what can you tell us robin we sent out the Detective Deb from our company to check out on several questions for today. And so here is what we have found out. Simplicity Realty will be going to this location. Yes. Which they are not the only residential realty company no. that has flocked to 
284th and Highway 2. That big, huge building you see on the northwest corner is also a huge building full of realtors that will be moving in soon. Nebraska, okay. and that's Nebraska Realty that that is in that building. So this is a home base office a, for a residential realty company. Yeah, right. Correct. Right. Telling me. Correct. Okay. Right. Now, the, this particular location is just kind of to the south of, if anybody's familiar with the State Farm uh, Agency uh, out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's All in right. that general and, area. I mean, I still, I, it, it goes along with everything we've talked about it before. The South Beltway, eventually the new school. Um, just, I'm get really curious to just sort of see how the development tied to the increase in traffic and those things, um, from obviously from a residential perspective, but from a commercial perspective, where that really focuses it, because that, from that point we're talking about and South is wherever it's available is due for some ridiculous growth in the very near future. I just don't know what what it'll look like or where it'll happen. I I frequently am around the area of 70th and Yankee Hill and 84th, Mm -hmm. and I never cease to be shocked at how many houses. I mean, if you are from a different part of Lincoln and you haven't been there for a year or two, you won't even recognize Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I had a, yeah, I just was talking to somebody who said they had gone to a medical building they didn't even know was there uh, by, I think it was by south of 40th and Yankee Hill. Yeah. Um, And they're just, they're like, I didn't even know there was a, I don't know there was a place there. I didn't even know there was that much stuff south of Yankee Hill at this point. Oh, it's amazing. And they've they've had a road closed there, but that's going to open and that cancer center is going to be open. I mean, it is amazing There's going to be more development on 40th street commercial development uh already planned and they're having these conversations now at the city council level about annexing a part kind of an island of acreages that are out there between 70th and 84th and pine lake and yankee hill i've got a feeling those are going to be more common conversations something that sort of got missed over the years i mean there's this little island surrounded by city is pastime yeah Yeah. and it doesn't feel like the city there i mean it's very wooded and uh, like i said you can't even tell the houses are in there because they're so far buried back back there well there i think all of those i could be wrong about this but i i think almost all of them are on at least three acre lots because that's usually what your perk uh Mm -hmm. uh in order to meet the guidelines, you need to have three acres. Right. And yeah. so you can do a lot of, you can put a lot of trees on three acres. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, another question. This one for you, Dave. What's being built at, thir- speaking of that area, yeah. uh, 37th and Yankee Hill Road, south side opposite of Target? Well, uh, it's going to be B Street Auto uh, Body. It's kind of next to the Lexus dealership out there. It will apparently be a Lexus certified auto body collision shop. Oh. Uh, And needless to say, they'll work on other cars also. Uh, One of the managers at Lexus said that they were very excited to offer this service option to their customers. Well, sure. I mean, you get it right at the dealership and includes body work too, which sometimes these dealership places don't have. A lot Uh, of them don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, I'm sure that's a, a some real synergy going on there. Uh, all right, another question uh, here in South Lincoln, across the street from. Uh, oh yeah, you. Uh, this is across the street from Walmart South. Uh, so you mean the Walmart at what twenty seventh? Twenty seventh, twenty seventh, twenty seventh, yeah, and Pine Lake or uh, Jamie Road is what? Yeah, the, is yeah, yes. 
Jamie Lane. Yeah. Um, face Our Facebook fan, Tyler Goodrich, he's been following our show for many years, and he actually made the announcement. The national chain, and this is kind of similar to Popeye's or KFC, um, TKK Fried Chicken and Kung Fu Tea. They, they operate, apparently, both of these. I'm okay. not sure if it's two things in one building or how they do this, but they are opening at 25th and Jamie Lane. So I checked out the menu. That has your typical choices, you know, your chicken choices and strips and sandwiches. But they also throw in quokka bao combo with that's why I gave, peppers. That's, that's why I gave Robin <laughs> this particular... Uh, yeah, wh- okay, I'm looking at this, and I don't know. Yes, quokka bao. Um, I know they've had... The, wow. I mean, just that one thing right there with all these chicken sandwiches. Right. Um, Otherwise, and- it looks very similar. Outside of that, it looks very similar to, like, Raising Cane's. Yeah. But it also has fried, like, fried chicken on the bone, too, in addition to that, so... Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, that's going to be that's going to be fat. And so this is a chain. Uh, uh, yes, it, yeah. it's a national chain. And maybe what's a little bit different, you'll also have your choice of a Brooklyn lager or a cold brew oolong tea. Or you could also wow. pick up some roasted chestnut milk tea along with that. It's a Taiwanese chain of fried chicken restaurants. It's been around for over 40 years. So, yeah, yeah it's Taiwanese. That is fascinating. All right. Different. Yeah. So th- thank look, you. Thank you, Tyler. Looks good. Good those. information so, there. So now you can get some uh, different food on South 27th as well as North 27th. Right. Yes, exactly. All right. Speaking of the South area, this is, was a sad one for me, Dave. Yeah. A closing uh, at uh, near Lincoln Southwest High School. Yeah. This is Rocket Fizz, uh, everyone. They're closing, so we just want everybody to make sure if they have a gift card, you better hurry, hurry up and yeah. uh, use your gift card. And I love I this concept, man. I, I just I like to gone there more. I like to walk in there and just see some yeah. things from my childhood. Yes, uh, yeah, that are. That they, that they have it. Not everybody has, you know, beech nut gum. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you know? <laughs> the uh, Necco wafers and all these like yeah. random, random. Now, they originally opened, if I recall, I remember when they opened maybe, maybe 10 years ago in Clock Tower. That was their right. first location. Or was it? it- Pine Lake Road. No, I think Clock was Tower was. I think Clock Tower, Clock Tower was, first, was first. That was because about, I went there, and then they then opened by the arena. Well, and they were, but they were. I think they were also at, and then they were at at the one that you're, you're right about the arena, correct? Mm-hmm. And then they were at 14th and and uh, which is the one yeah. that we're still yeah. talking yeah. about. So they're so. not closed yet. I'm understanding you say like uh, they're not. Do we know for sure? I thought when they're closing the month. Yeah, I think it's coming up. But I don't yeah. think they're closed yet. That's why yeah. we're saying use up your gift. Yeah, that's why really, I wondered that. Really quick. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, that that's a bummer. I I loved the the really unique concept of of that whole thing. So uh, they'll be closing. Uh, by the way, I just looked up the a uh, uh, couple of the other news reports on this. Sometime in mid April, they'll be closing okay. their doors. Next month. So, yeah, use those gift certificates, like you said, as soon as possible. Okay, uh, staying in the south still. Uh, no, this is more in the downtown. Oh, downtown to south. I'm sorry. It's all over the place. Uh, Robin, what do we know about Charm Boutique and Bar? Well, they have been in the Telegraph District, and it seems like only a year or two. 
Yeah, I don't well, know. They were, all of them. they were one of the first retailers to move into the Telegraph District. And the apartments were starting to fill up. And all of a sudden, this little clothing store with a wine bar. Yes, I remember you yeah, talking about when, them when they that opened. It doesn't seem that long ago. But they have decided to move to South Point Pavilions. Interesting. So apparently they are leaving Telegraph District. Um, but the way they describe their business, they allow entrepreneurs and artisans to rent a booth in their store. So they help them sell their items. Um, they also have a full bar and private shopping parties. Okay. So they had to apply to the city for this move because they have a liquor license. Sure. And they had to get permission to move the liquor license to South Point. It's interesting, you know, I mean, I guess you've got shoppers all over the place more naturally at South Point than you do in downtown Lincoln, but it does feel like a concept that, would that makes there. sense in that new Telegraph District, too, but maybe just not with the volume that you could get at South I Point. I think women's clothes are maybe the one thing that all need to be together. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. As a gal, I mean, ladies, you can argue with me. Um, but if you're fighting against the internet, yeah, um, I think staying together for protection is yeah. a good idea. Well, <laughs> I, I will say well, this. I mean, I I would think that it makes it easier because they're all in one place, and you so can you try can on you can try try your stuff on and then go driving in a car. Right. Yeah. Speaking of that Telegraph District, though, and I, you know, I just didn't know how well it would do and just kind of becoming a thing where where people went but i'll tell you what anybody who works downtown probably knows this better than me but that mill that they've got down there <laughs> it's is, legendary it packed. is it is packed every time i've been there on and it's usually usually type time i would go there is on a weekday mid-morning or afternoon to meet with somebody that's typically why i would go there every time i've gone there it's just been completely packed, and I've talked to my wife who works downtown, and she says it's the same thing. It's always packed, which it, it'd be interesting to see how they can kind of build on, how that district kind of builds on whatever success that has come from. But that helped to kind of create that vibe in that uh, area. Absolutely. That, I mean, know? that's that's the first thing I think of now when I think anchor. of that area. Yeah, yeah 100%. They're, they're and it's a big building. Um, it's, it's bigger than their other buildings. And I don't yeah. know that it's got a real, that it's kind of created the own, that area's own vibe a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody expected that level of success that fast, th- that quickly. Right. Yeah. Right. Again, for a, a building that's big for a, for a coffee and they do a little bit more there, but a building that's, I think big. And so you wondered about that. All right. Uh, sp- staying in downtown. Question here, Dave. Was wondering if anyone noticed the Casey sign that went up at 16th and Q Street. Is it a gas station, a retail store, a convenience store, or something else? That was from John on Facebook. What do you have for us, Dave? Yeah, it, it's going to be a convenience store, but they will they will not have gas. Interesting. That is yeah. weird. Yeah, that's that's a little different. How can you say it's the same when it doesn't have gas? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's 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 the same. The in, inside is but same, it but there's no looks, looks the same. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting area for Casey's to branch out into but, because I they've mean, become such a strong brand. Yeah. with going in there to get pizza, going in there to get you know actual food, breakfast sandwiches, those sorts of things. It's the way that the convenience store market has sort of blossomed and changed. And what you can get there has been pretty incredible in the last like, they, 10 they, years. They've reached into other, you know, yeah. selling meals and, you know, just all they, these other things. And, and particularly pizza. I mean, yeah. th- that, that's probably the, the big thing that people go to a Casey's and get pizza. Right. And if you've ever 
sold a former location that had been acquired by uh, Casey's, they will have in their uh, closing documents a requirement that you cannot have pizza. Interesting. At wow. that location for a stipulated period of time, usually 20 years. Well, just the, and then the battles between them and the high V fast and fresh and the, not as much here, but the quick trip and like these higher end sort of looking gas station convenience stores that really specialize in having food available ready to eat food available has been it's been a huge change mm-hmm. you should be just the, that roller grill right yeah <laughs> and, and, kinda, and they've also kind of become general stores too yeah. with all the other yeah. little emergency things yeah, that totally. you need all right real quick uh this week on grow lincoln what do we got tammy ward outgoing city council member she served the downtown to fallbrook area talking about what she hopes will happen in the future there what office occupiers are doing to get their employees back into the office we'll study some some of the latest architectural and furniture trends and then are you an upholder a questioner an obliger or a rebel we're, we're going to talk about the four tendencies book by author gretchen rubin with guest angela paolini all right very cool we'll look forward to that saturday at noon gotta run guys have a good one we'll talk to you next week all right thank you there you go robin and dave grow lincoln 826 klin sign up for the daily at klin.com to get today's top local and husker news sent straight to your email my meteorologist malcolm byron Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. Yes, it is. Time to talk to the voice of Big Red about a variety of things in the uh, the world of the Huskers right now. And, uh, Greg, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now during commercial breaks. I am watching videos of Nebraska football players run drills and just like run slowly across the practice field, and I'm analyzing every part of it. So I'm I'm trying to develop some takes from some eight second video clips of guys doing warm ups. Are you ready to call your shot for next season? <laughs> yeah, I am. Hey, I you know I watched Jeff I watched Jeff Sims take a snap. And do a five-step yeah. drop and not throw the ball, and man, was it impressive! Holy cow! <laughs> Sims never for seen, Heisman, right? That now. was the smoothest five-step drop without throwing the ball I've ever seen in my life. It's very exciting. <laughs> um, so, so we do have spring practice going. All, all kidding aside, about this whole thing, and and uh, Greg, we've we've heard a little bit from Matt Rule here. We've got a, a few little pieces of news uh, along the way. We've heard some things from some players, but I'm just kind of curious what you've been been talking about. What what's been standing out to you about these first few days of spring practice and how sort of the Rule administration has attacked this thing. Well, first of all, I'm not sure we can call it spring yet, yeah. right? I mean, where is Late it? winter. Um, yes. Golly. Um, you know, I, I think, one, we heard about some attrition, which we know that's going to have to happen because they're over the 85, and then so he announced a couple of guys that are no longer part of the team on Monday. We've learned about some players that are going to try different positions, and one that caught my attention was Jake Applegate, the young man from Lincoln Southeast, mm-hmm. who they've moved from kind of an outside linebacker edge rusher, which they don't even use that term. They don't use edge. That's not a term that they use. Okay. Uh, over to the offensive side, he's going to join that tight end room. And Jake's a really good athlete. A lot of our Lincoln audience certainly knows that, that this is a great athletic kid. And so I think he can certainly make that transition over there. So I, I love the fact that they're 
that they've really analyzed person by person, player by player, and go, you know what, I think he might be better here or there. Uh, so you know, the, the other parts, until they put the pads on, I'm not sure we really learn a whole lot. They're still in what they call pajamas today mm-hmm. uh, running around out there. But I, I like the fact that I think they've done a deep dive on this football team and, and are going to try to experiment a little bit here in these coming weeks with some, some players. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious your, your kind of take, and I guess I'm just going to give you mine, but, but see a little bit what you think. I've heard some things and saw some things with the video at Pro Day, uh, yesterday when, uh, when some of the Huskers worked out in front of scouts. But man, Matt Rule, I saw Matt video of Matt Rule, for instance, talking to Garrett Nelson, who he never actually coached, but right. I saw some video of him talking about. I heard Garrett Nelson be just effusive about ruling this staff saying, hey, these guys did all this stuff for me. They didn't have to. I saw him talking to Cam Jurgens, right? Um, you know, I even saw Bill Bush back in the house the, from the old staff that was in the in the house visiting visiting players and talking to his former players and all of those things. There has really been a concerted effort to not draw lines around this program in time in staff, you know, and these are our these are our guys, those were their guys, those things. And I don't know if that develops, you know, I don't know if that means wins, I don't know if that means a better locker room. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm curious if you've you've noticed those things and and kind of the level of intentionality getting toward those things like I have. 100%. And I think it's a really smart move. Don't alienate anybody. Don't try to sit there and say, well, we, we inherited such a bad situation. No, you know, woe is me type talk at all from this mm-hmm. staff. Yeah. In fact, I think they like this team. I mean, I get the feeling they really like these guys. How many times has Matt Rural referenced how impressed he was that that group that ended last year was able to go on the road and beat Iowa the last game of the year? I think that told them that they're getting some high-character players who want to be coached. And I've had several conversations with them. And that to a man, they're going, wow. These guys do want to get better. We weren't sure what we were walking into. Usually when you take over a situation that's been rocky, it's the other end. It's guys that don't want to work. They're guys that don't want to be coached. And there's obviously problems with that. They go, we haven't found that here. We, we found guys that are anxious and eager to do things. So I think they're really encouraged with what they have. Matt Rural even said it himself on Monday. He goes, I don't know if we're any good, but we're coachable. He goes, and I can deal with that. I mean, yeah. uh, we'll get them better. We can go find better players and, and help them out. But, if you don't have coachable guys, it makes our job so much harder. So I think there's a general like between the players and this coaching staff. And you're right, he's not out there throwing anybody from the previous staff under the bus. That's happened in the past, right? Yeah. We've had coaches that have come here and done that. Matt Rule's not going down that path at all. I mean, Rule said he talked to Frost on the phone and called him his friend, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. It's. I mean, after all, how all of that went down. It's. I mean, maybe it's not that remarkable. Maybe it's just, you know something that you should expect. But it does. It does feel kind of different and and fresh and and unifying with this whole thing. Like I said, I don't know what it means uh, in terms of the future. But and then. Uh, and then I know I've talked to you a whole bunch about this, about this quarterback position. Like I said, I j- just kind of saw my first first little bit of, of Jeff Sims throwing the ball. The other thing is, everybody, there seems to be something kind of afoot with Heinrich Harburg. I don't know if that's, you know, maybe he kind of noses his way into the quarterback discussion, if there is a position change in tow for him. But how do you, uh, how do you expect this quarterback? Like, do you feel like we're going to come out of spring 
and have a good idea of what the plan for next fall is at the position of quarterback, or we'll be waiting till August to figure that out? Uh, well, I think right now we, we probably kind of have an uh, inkling that it's going to be a battle between Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson mm-hmm. when, when we get to August. In case he can't throw yet, shoulder surgery, he's doing great. He feels like he's a couple of weeks away from starting to throw the football a little bit, but that will take him out of pretty much all of spring camp. And I think that's what we're headed for is a battle between those two guys. Both have been starters. Sims a starter at Georgia Tech. A little bit more athletic than Casey. Casey probably throws the football uh, better than Jeff Sims does. So I think we're kind of headed to that kind of a battle in August. And then I think it's kind of up to, the, to Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rural. What kind of offense do you want? Do you want a lot more run game from your quarterback? If that's the case, you're going to lean Jeff Sims. If you feel like you can throw it better, it probably goes Casey. So I think that's where we're headed. We won't have any uh, any announcement of that before we get into the August camp. So don't. That's going to be a stay tuned okay. type storyline as you make your way through. Back to Heinrich though. Yeah, they've realized this is a heck of an athlete, and so I think they've talked to Heinrich. Hey, if it does, if you don't crack our top two or three in the quarterback room, would you be open to doing some other things? Because you can, you're athletic enough to help this football team in other areas. And I think Heinrich is open to that. Right now, he's, he's a quarterback, but I think he's open to if they come to him at some point in time and say, let's move you to spot X, would you? I think he'd be open to doing that. Uh, I don't know if you saw them or heard them, but weren't Heinrich's comments when he, he was one of the people who talked to the media interesting just about like sort of the infusion of energy he's got about the program now and you know, you could think about it. He's sort of buried on the depth chart, hasn't had a lot of opportunity. You've got two guys like you were talking about who appear to be ahead of him, uh, at least in the pecking order, maybe than that. And he said, uh, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, you know, this new staff has made me energized as energized as I could be. And that's why I'm staying here at this point. I, I, what did you make of those comments? I thought they were really interesting. Loved it. Loved hearing that from him. And, and the fact that he's, he's open-minded to doing that. And you know, I think we should throw Cheva's name in there, too, as a yeah. guy that's going to battle for this quarterback spot. He started a couple of games last fall, was playing much better when he got hurt in the Michigan game. I've been told that he's looked really good the first couple of days of practice, so he's going to be in the mix for this thing. There's another name. Logan Smothers is another great athlete, maybe the fastest guy on the football team. They love speed, as we've, kind of, we've learned that in the last three months. They're going to try to get as much speed in this program as they possibly can, and so maybe there's a, another – way to, to get Logan on the field. So I, it's all fascinating to me, but you also kind of look, we go back to one of my earlier comments about the numbers game and the, that you're going to have to keep whittling guys off this roster. That's a really big quarterback room right now from the standpoint of the number of guys that are on scholarship in that room. What do you think about Rule uh, singling out Gabe Irvin as somebody who is um, somebody who is? I mean, he essentially was impressed by impressed by said he's had one of the best uh, off seasons. I mean, he was kind of a forgotten guy in the running back room to some degree. Had the injury a couple of years ago, I believe, against Oklahoma. Um, you, I, I mean, I kind of forgot about him. He would not have been one of the guys that I would have expected Rule to be talking about. But maybe, I mean, you almost have to refresh your mind what kind of a running back he is and how he could potentially fit in maybe with a contrast of an A.J. Allen or, or something like that. What kind, of a, what kind of a player do you think he could be on this offense from what you, you have seen of him over the last couple of years? I'm not surprised at all that he has jumped in the mix of this thing. I, I told E.J. Barthel, the new running backs coach, a couple months back, I said, you're going to love Gabe Irvin. Mm-hmm. He eats and drinks football. He's motivated. He wants to be a great player. And so he's a really highly conditioned athlete. 
they're going to find a spot for him. And remember, Jack, he, he tore that knee in that Oklahoma game two years ago. And I think it just he, – then he had some little nagging injuries in August and never kind of broke into the rotation of Anthony Grant and A.J. Allen. And then I think by the time he got, got himself healthy, the season was kind of well underway and he just couldn't get into the rotation. So now I think he's fully confident that the knee is completely healed and he's showing off a little bit. And then you've got whatever's going on with Anthony Grant. As That was yeah. the big announcement from Monday is that he's suspended currently from this football team. Yeah. So that opens some reps up. And I think they love Gabe's attitude, work ethic, and all those type of things. And that means a lot to this staff. If you're going to put in the time and effort, they're going to try to reward you in the end. I thought it was notable, too. Anthony Grant was some of the video that came out. He was, you know, at yeah. wandering around the pro day. You saw him come up on Donovan Rayola. He gave him a hug, had a conversation. He didn't look like somebody who's divorced himself from the program. And and nor did Rule sound that way when he talked about him. Um, yeah, I think Matt, Matt's comment was, nothing bad. Just we got to get some academics issues and some of that cleaned up. So I think, yeah, I don't think he's out of the picture, but he's opening the door for guys like Gabe Irvin to jump through it. Uh, can, do you have any? Do you know why they did not play this Nebraska women's basketball game after the crowds they've got in Pinnacle Bank Arena? Why they why they moved this thing to Kansas to play here tonight? Well, while the crowd is a big factor, uh, and it is in the WNIT, they, you know, there's other things you take in consideration. I think there was kind of a blind seating in this thing, and Kansas was one of the first four teams uh, left out of the NCAA tournament. They got a better overall record than the Huskers. Their net was higher than Nebraska's. So I th- and Kansas has had decent crowds. I think they had thirty six hundred the other night from okay. Missouri. So I think they, you know, I think there it's is close. a little bit of, uh, and so yeah. While putting butts in the seats is important to the NIT and and recouping some money from that, it's not the end all be all. So I think that's kind of what was the determining factor. And I understand there could be. I mean, I guess it depends on how they do this, and there's a little mystery behind it. But I guess hypothetically they could still come back to Lincoln and play because the Final Four and championship are still yep. at campus locations, aren't yep. they? Yeah. Right. So you still have after tonight, if Nebraska wins, you still got the Elite Eight and then the semifinals and the finals. Mm-hmm. Here's a little wrinkle. Pinnacle Bank Arena after tonight is not open for business for Husker basketball right. for the next week to 10 days. They've got monster trucks and some concerts coming in and that type of thing. So if you bring a game back, Oh boy, Jack! Here you Devaney. go. The Devaney Center. Oh, Husker basketball in Devaney gives me goosebumps. My goodness, <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, it really would be fun because I, if you were at that level of that tournament, for the way it sets up for volleyball and basketball, I bet they could almost sell that place out. I would think. Yeah, it would oh, be close. Real close. Yeah, that would be that would be fascinating to see if it ever got there. Hopefully, they can win um, with tonight. And man, that Sam Hybe thing—just brutal. It just, I mean, to see it end like that, and you could kind of tell right away when she went down. Um, you you really feel for her, and I don't know what the update is, but I assume she's not uh, she's not going to be available here going forward. Hey, uh, um, real quick, let's talk a little baseball, man. Um, it's, it's been a disappointing uh, kind of what three out of the last four games or so uh, for Nebraska. The the way that they lost last week to Omaha, um, then they looked. I was listening to you on on and Ben on Sunday, and it sounded like okay, they got again, they got the bases loaded again, and it looks like they got a real shot with no out, and they did get a little bit, but gave up some more after that. And then you get a position where you are uh, against Creighton, and and you go into the ninth inning. You got a double. You got a uh, more than one re- one run lead, and you give it up. And it's just seems like it's kind of been the same story, Greg. Opportunities where you have people on base to have huge innings not capitalized on, 
and then not being able to kind of have that that sort of stopper situation in in at least short term bullpen situations. Two games, Jack. The the Monday game at San Diego on the opening weekend, and then then Tuesday night where Nebraska needed three outs and had multiple run lead and didn't win either game, and. So they're having a hard time finding somebody at the back end to put the fires out. I think that going into the season, that was definitely going to be Shea Shanneman. He has come up short a couple of different times in those situations where he couldn't get the job done. He wasn't available the other night. He threw so many pitches on Sunday. He was uh. not available on Tuesday night to come in and pitch. It reminds me of a there was a New York baseball team in the late 1940s where they had a saying that it was spawn, sane, and pray for rain. That's kind of where Nebraska is. Oh, You've man. got – Emmett Olson, you got Jace Kaminska, and you're like, we, we're going to win both those games, and then where do we go from here? And yeah. So they, they need to find something for the Sunday parts of this thing, and then obviously Tuesday night, you still got a lot of Tuesday games to go, but they're kind of wasting some offense. This is a top 10 offense in the country right now, Jeez. and batting average and all those type of things. Max Anderson still hitting well over 400, and you just kind of hate to see nights where you have and like the San Diego game, had a six-run lead with three outs to go, and they had a two-run lead the other night. So it's, it's been frustrating. I found myself screaming into the mirror quite a bit yesterday. i got to back <laughs> off today and get ready, ready yeah. for the Illini tomorrow. Yeah, the Illini coming in. Let's talk real quick about tomorrow night. Uh, or It's going to be, sounds like a really cool event there uh, with Erstad, Gordon, and Komine um, coming back here. Uh, what do you know about what that, what that scene's going to be like Friday night? Yeah, about 15 minutes before game time, so about 5.45, they're going to be down on the field. They're going to do a big presentation and, and hand each of the guys a, a placard with their jerseys retired on them, and they're going to have all three throw-out ceremonial first pitches. And I think the three of them will probably be available for some autographs up in the concourse afterwards. But, man, you just talk about the who's who of that sport for Husker, for the Huskers. It's those three guys. And now there's there's more that are probably going to come in the years down the road, but it starts with those three, and they all, in their own right, were just amazing. And I had a, a guy tell me the other day, he says, man, Shane Komene was the guy that got me in, to love Husker baseball because yeah. he said, I just, I, I was out in the backyard trying to imitate the way he threw the ball. And uh, so he, he meant so much. And then Alex growing up here in Lincoln, just a huge idol of a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be really, really cool. Um, the weather won't be. <laughs> the weather won't be terrible. We'll just say that. We'll leave it at that. The weather, I see a high of 51, partly sunny. Um, just bundle up a little bit, and you're probably going to be fine there. And then, and Red then, jacket. yeah, and hopefully uh, get a sweep against Illinois and get things going right in the Big Ten tournament, uh, Big Ten standings. That's going to be huge uh, this year is those Big Ten standings and uh, get in position. So hopefully Nebraska will be able to do it. You can hear it right here on KLIN throughout the weekend. Tomorrow night's first pitch is 6, pregame at 5.30. Real quick, anything on uh, Sports Nightly tonight you want to um, – oh, we got we got the uh, WNIT tonight. Yeah. Yep, women's right. hoops. There you go. All right. Hey, great, Greg. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Greg it. Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red. All right, it's 855. We'll wrap it up. We will uh, tell you what's coming up tomorrow for Request Line Friday next on KLIN. My meteorologist, Malcolm Byron. You're listening to K Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the Thursday show. Thank you to Greg Sharp for uh, joining us. Thank you for uh, all of your attempts to win tickets on Generation Collaboration. The season finale. Congratulations to the Millennials for winning. Thank you. Thank once you. again. Thank you very much. You didn't see my air quotes on that? No, you didn't do any air quotes. Nope. 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 Did not happen. You can hear them on the mic. Um, <laughs> tomorrow, request line Friday. Uh, whatever you want tomorrow. No 
No uh, restrictions on what you request. Get your request in now. 402-479-1400. The Rick Stein Recognition text line. See you tomorrow, 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln.